Hey, it's Sean. Hey, it's Bree. <laughs> Sorry, I was halfway through drink, taking a drink of my vodka soda here. And this is I Can Explain. <laughs> the podcast where we answer the questions that you're too afraid to ask. And this week's topic is family. Yeah. We are family. Are you sure we haven't done this before? Because I just got the weirdest deja vu of you singing We Are Family at the beginning of an episode. And I'm literally stressed. Um... I don't think so. Okay, if we have, welcome back <laughs> okay. to Families with I Can Explain. <laughs> we just hit a quick pause because Sean just stress searched I Can Explain podcast family to see if we had in fact already <laughs> recorded this episode. Here's the thing is I I feel like I'm always the one on top of what we've talked about because yeah. you don't come up with any ideas. <laughs> And also, like, I, like, edit and listen to them uh-huh. and put the titles in and stuff. Yeah. And do, like, all the work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, usually, I would be like, Brie, shut up. But yeah. then I also did, I did get some weird deja vu of me singing We Are Family. Right? So, um, yeah. I wonder if that's just, like, a little jingle that you like to say every once in a while that I haven't noticed. Maybe. Really. Given the Jackson 5 their coin. Is that the Jackson 5? We are. It's definitely it's not, not the Jackson 5. <laughs> it might be. I, I mean, it, it fits their brand. Yeah, family. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it in the family. Oh, my gosh. Well, before we get into um, family part two, apparently. <laughs> part two, the remix. It's the remix. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe part one. We're really not sure here. Uh, make sure wherever you're listening to subscribe or follow. It really helps us out. It takes one second for you to click that button. And um, like I said... It makes us happy. And not much does, currently. (laughs) (laughs) So give me a little boost of serotonin. Absolutely. Because I'm I'm looking for that (laughs) help on my receptors. Um, Queer, like family, Jesus Christ. Um, Family is an interesting topic Mm -hmm. in relation to queer people. Yes. And it has so many layers and I would say more depth mm-hmm. <laughs> than a usual conversation about family. Because if we were just two straight sitting here, yeah. um, we'd be in like Levi's and yeah. we would be like, this is my family. Okay, have a good, good night. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, but everyone's got like the drunk aunt, you know? Oh, yeah. But the drunk homophobic aunt really hits different really when you're hits queer. Different. Yeah. yeah, it really shakes up a Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I also find I have found this recently that um I don't know if you have one but the amount of people that have an auntie Debbie oh is really shocking. Yeah. I have two. Whoa. And I will be talking to somebody and I'll be like, "Oh, my aunt Debbie." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, of course you have an auntie Debbie." Like it's just it it's Isn't sh- that weird? Yeah. See, one of my um I don't know if I want to say this. Anyways. <laughs> well, you started. <laughs> One of my ex's moms is named. Debbie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> get to town on that research, guys. I'm just trying to <laughs> stay clear of certain um, very specific topics, you know? I talk about exes a lot on this podcast, yeah. but when you're directly mentioning like their, their mom, their mom yeah. <laughs> maybe a little different. You know, if someone shoots this film, they're like, did you hear Brie talk about your mom on the podcast? Specifically by name. <laughs> it's a little much, you know? It's a little much, yeah. yeah. It's a little like, <laughs> like serial killer vibes. Yeah. Which, I mean, I give out. Very on brand. Yeah. So, yeah. So, first of all, um, there is... 
the family portion of family. The yeah. blood. The yeah. blood is thicker than water. Mm-hmm. Which sometimes when I see blood, I'm like, are you? <laughs> you know? Anyways. <laughs> That's what you ask when you see yeah. blood. You just look at it and you say, are you? And they're like, um, excuse me, I'm hurt. Please help me. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's the, like, actual blood-related family part yeah. of it, which is, I would say, arguably the trickiest uh-huh. section when it comes to queer people, because yes. as the age-old proverb goes, <laughs> do 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 do, do age-old proverb, <laughs> um, you can't choose your family. Yes. And that also means you can't choose if your family is homophobic. Yes. So that's, you know, already not off to a great start. No. Yeah. Exactly. And we are very... You get what you get when we, it comes to blood family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we are very fortunate that both of us are close with our families. Uh-huh. But it's one of those things that... you Yeah, you really... You get what you get. It's a, it's a lottery. Like, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. You know? Like... Every day I feel so lucky and privileged that as a queer person I have family that support me, that love me. Not only my immediate family, but my extended family do. Um, You know, all my cousins, my aunts and uncles, like, they're all super inclusive of my girlfriend and myself, who I am. There was never, like, any big, like, backlash about it. Um, It was just, oh, okay, Bree's dating a girl now, right? And... They were, they were all probably more shocked that you were dating somebody than <laughs> the gender of said person. Brie found somebody to date. They're like, holy fuck. <laughs> Someone is willing to date Jesus Brie. Christ, wow. But yeah, there was no... I will laugh at the fact that I remember specifically with one of my cousins, we were camping like way back, and one of my male cousins said the joke to one of his buddies that he had brought on this camping trip. I must have been, like, 13 or something. And we used to go on these family camping trips every summer. Okay. And, uh... Ready for this joke. (laughs) (laughs) Really building it up here. (laughs) It's hilarious. Um, no, he just says the, the common thing, like, oh, if there's no gay cousin, then it must be you, or something like that. And he said it, like... To one of my other male cousins joking to him, like, right. oh, you must be gay. Like, one of those classic 2009 hilarity jokes where you're joking about the fact that someone might be gay. But you had the world's biggest panic attack. And I was like, oh, my God. And I literally realized, like, there is no one else gay in my family. You're pra- I'm going you're praying, to be it. <laughs> you're praying that the one that he said it to comes out as yeah. gay so you don't have to <laughs> like, take on that literally. duty. <laughs> because I've always been a little bit envious, as much as I am super lucky, and obviously. I was always a little bit envious when someone had, like, an aunt who was gay. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, a cousin or an older sibling. Because it kind of, like, it's... It's almost like a way to test the waters with your blood family. Because it's like, how did they react to them? Yeah. And you kind of get to see that. Whereas with my family, I mean, as at least not in an out and proud way, there's no one else who is LGBTQ+, even in my extended family. Right. So... For me, I didn't have anything to go off of, and I'm like, I'm really going to be it for the family. Like, I'm going to be the gay one. And and you were. <laughs> I thought his joke was going to be like, don't hang out with Bree, she's a lesbian. <laughs> That's another classic. Yeah. <laughs> classic early 2000s yeah. humor. <laughs> don't hang out with Bree, she's the gay cousin. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I know that you have talked about a lot, and she's even <laughs> been featured on your YouTube channel. Yes, an icon. An uh, absolute icon. Yeah. I've had the, the, the honor of meeting her in person, <laughs> yeah. and she is a queen uh, yeah. forever and always. <laughs> but that is another layer of family, is that uh, I think... There's obviously the saying, like, mm-hmm. you, like gay people can choose their family. Yes. You know, it's all about chosen family. And I think that when you are choosing your family and you're relating to people mm-hmm. and getting friends that you consider your family, yeah. a lot of the time they are close-ish in age to you. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, like, obviously, the queer community, there are a lot of people that are a lot older and a lot mm-hmm. younger, still friends, absolutely. I think it's more common because, once again, the um, the pool is smaller. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like the chances that you're uh, going to get a chosen family member that's, like, 90... Mm-mm. Pretty rare. Yeah, pretty rare. <laughs> so that adds like a fun whole nother layer into it. Uh-huh. Because that's where grandparents come in. Yes. And that is really quite interesting sometimes. Yeah. Like parents obviously are a big battle themselves mm-hmm. because you see them more than anybody mm-hmm. in the early years of your life. But grandparents. It's a different different thing. It's a whole different beast. They were they were in the war. <laughs> <laughs> They were in the homophobic war. They were in the homophobic war. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, it's honestly, like, I know I only have one grandparent mm-hmm. that is still alive. Yeah. And I only have one grandparent that knows I'm gay. And right. that is because that is the only one that's alive. Yes. <laughs> but I had come out to close family and stuff while my uh, other second to last uh, grandparent to pass away, Um, my grandpa was still alive and I was battling like back and forth about telling them. And my grandpa was like a very typical, like Mm. strong old man, very strong willed, very um, outspoken, Mm. loved fishing, like loved, you know, like a a guy's guy. So (laughs) I was like absolutely terrified to tell him yeah and now i after seeing how my grandma mm-hmm. reacted i am sad that i never got to come out to my grandpa as well right. you know because once i think we talked about this recently but assuming doesn't really help anything in yeah. situations like that yeah i had assumed that it wouldn't be the greatest response mm-hmm. um but my grandma surprised me not like i thought she was gonna be homophobic but it was like she went above and beyond well yeah it's just different times like yeah speaking of the icon herself um <laughs> dd my grandma who's been featured on my youtube channel also, my grandma's name is dot dd and dot imagine oh if gosh. they were just little <laughs> like what a moment so icons. good <laughs> um but yeah something that honestly has kind of been embarrassing for me over the last year is really putting a timeline on history. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are becoming more aware of that, Um, how recent things are within, like, civil rights movements and, um, you know, when it comes to, with Indigenous folks, like, residential schools and all these things that when they teach you them in high school... They seem so far off. Or if they don't teach you them in high school and then you read about them later. Yeah. (laughs) The small tidbits you get make it seem like eons and eons ago. Yeah. In like the dinosaurs. Exactly. And I think that is purposeful as well. So I agree. Like, I think it's a problem. Like, they're kind of shoving it like, oh, way, way, way back. Way so far back. Like the early 90s. I know. And And something that's been really crazy for me the last year has been 
kind of putting more of a timeline on these historical events um, and realizing that so many people that went through all of these things are still fucking alive, which means that, like, our grandparents were alive when all of these things were being debated. And it would be ignorant to not question that, you know, straight, white grandparents at that time when so many people were against so many of these big steps could be on the side that now we would find extremely homophobic, extremely racist. Yeah. Right? So Not the best side to be on, let me tell you. (laughs) No. So I think that it is a very, as much as you don't want to assume, it's also, I can understand why people are so afraid to come out to older generations because... They truly were, putting it very simply, just raised to believe different things. Like, they didn't have access to different information. And that's why when I came out to my grandma, it was so cool that um, not only was she so accepting, but also later on when I filmed the YouTube video with her, there's a point in there where she tells me about her friends who were a gay couple. And they, like, uh, owned a store, and it was actually her mom's friends that, um, and then she thought of them as, like, family members, kind of like uncles. Right. And, like, I was like, wow, it's so crazy, that difference for you, potentially, that you had that representation in her life, seeing that her mom was cool being friends with these guys, and that it was, like, totally fine and normal and in her mom's eyes, so then, therefore, it was normal in her eyes, right? And it just was a cool reminder that that representation is such a game changer. And as much as it is scary to maybe be the first out person in your family, it was scary for me. Like you are truly changing things for the next generation. Like my hope now is if there's anyone else in my family who is queer, um, you know, as my cousins start having kids that they're like, Oh, Auntie Bree's gay. And that means that, and my the family's cool with it, so that means that they could be cool with me. Yeah. Right? They're so, now looking like, <laughs> where's the straight cousin, am I right? <laughs> all of my nieces and nephews are all gay. <laughs> if there's no straight cousin, it's you. <laughs> but I do think that that like, just goes back to, we talk about representation so much on this podcast, but the fact that that memory was so clear for my grandma, and that that made a huge difference to her for like her understanding of gay people it just goes to show that like it is a bad cycle that needs to be broken at some point yeah um because as soon as it is broken as soon as the kid's raised like my grandma was with her mom's friends to believe and be shown that it is okay to be gay and it's okay to accept gay people then it breaks that cycle and it just kind of takes one generation to do it yeah and i think that is kind of some of the uh, beauty behind uh, not chosen family, blood mm. family, um, is that if you do have a supportive family, it really does have a trickle down effect. Yes. It's like if you are, like, speaking to my parents, mm-hmm. um, I am, from what I know, and yeah. there's like a lot of them, I am the only gay child in yeah. their network of friends right and i know meeting some of these friends that i don't think (laughs) they've really come up against something like this before maybe not in person right (laughs) you know they've seen will and grace but (laughs) (laughs) and i think that the conversations that i have with my parents Mm -hmm. i hope and i kind of assume because i i know that they have come back with 
kind of things along this line. But I know that they're having conversations in somewhat similar rounds because they've had them with me. Yes. And it's like, if there wasn't somebody not bashing anybody that hasn't come out because no. it's not your fucking duty at all I'm not, that's not, not what I'm saying but if there is somebody that's out and proud yeah. it really has a ripple effect totally on the community that they're like directly attached to even in like small ways absolutely like my dad uh, told me the story I might have said this on the podcast before I'm not sure um, that he was like oh I went golfing with my buddies the other day and um it came up that one of their kids' friends was gay or something like that. And I didn't know if they knew you were gay. And he's so cute, right? Because he's, like, he's he's so accepting. But also, I've, I don't know if you notice, like, sometimes with, like, parents, they're so careful about how they say things. Because yeah. they don't want to, like, be offensive. And he's like, I hope it's okay that I told them this. Like, yeah. as if it's, like, I'm like, yeah, you can tell them yeah, that I'm exactly. gay. It's okay. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah. So I was just like, oh, you guys know my daughter, Bree's gay, right? And that was, like, his way of saying, like, yeah, it's okay that your kid's friend is gay. Yeah. Like my daughter Bree is gay and she's awesome and she's happy and like everything else. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, they were all like, Oh yeah. Okay. That's cool. And he was like, yeah. So then we just talked about that for a bit and then they were all good with it. And I was like, that's so cute. Like, that's so cool that there's like all these, you know, middle-aged guys out golfing. Yeah. And my dad gets to have that like moment of conversation that is potentially a teaching moment for them because all these other men didn't know anyone Exactly. That they knew of that yeah. it was gay. And then, say, these middle-aged golfing men uh, <laughs> yeah. are having this conversation. Then later in life, one of their kids comes out. They yes. now know that they have somebody that they can talk to or relate to Absolutely. in your dad because yes. he also has a gay kid. So it's like mm-hmm. there are so many ripples. And mm-hmm. I think family is like a very um, strong example of that. Yeah, I totally <laughs> um, agree. Because with chosen family, you are you are usually choosing people of a similar mindset yes. and of similar experience. Yes. But family really just rocks the boat because they're like, I don't fucking understand anything you're talking about. <laughs> and you have to try to push through anyway. Yeah. But yeah, speaking to all of that, before we move on to kind of talking about more of the chosen family side of things, I just want to make a note that, as Sean said, like, if you're not out to your family, you're on your own journey. Do not worry about it. And second, if your family is not accepting... um know that you do not have to prove anything to them. You, It's not your duty to change their mind, but something really cool that you can do going forward is change that pattern in your family because you get to be an accepting parent. Yeah. So even if, unfortunately, your family, blood-related family, does not come around, um, you will find a chosen family, and eventually, if you decide to be a parent or your friends decide to have kids and you get to be that aunt, you get to make a difference in the next generation, which is, like, super cool, too. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Gabers. Today's episode is sponsored by Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert in language learning for 30 years for a reason, They are so good at helping you learn a language naturally in a way that allows for long-term retention, and it actually works. Trust me, this is coming from someone who attempted to learn a language in high school through the whole textbook old school method. Did not work. Rosetta Stone is different than that, okay? They really focus on allowing you to really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. I also love a feature that they have built in that's called True Accent. It's a speech recognition feature, and it's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's super convenient. You can do the lessons on your desktop or in 
an app, and it's an amazing value. The Lifetime membership has all 25 languages, so you don't have to stop at one. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, I Can Explain podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Um, yeah, so chosen family, I think it's like such a huge thing for queer people. And I do think has such a deeper weight because of a lot of the things that we've talked about than being like best friends. Yeah. You know, like obviously heterosexual people have like their group of best friends. Right. And a lot of times they do have a certain friend that is more like family. Like I have my uncle Dave, that's my dad's best friend. Um, I'm not blood related to him, but growing up he was always uncle Dave. Right. So there are those kind of crossovers, but I think for queer people, it, tends to be more commonly uh, crossed over and also deeper in a sense that a lot of times, unfortunately, people are building, I hate using the word replacement, but kind of for a blood family yeah, because they don't get that support at home. Um, which is why I, on social media, try to talk about a lot the importance of building a queer network of friends um and it's weird because i do tend to get some backlash when i talk about that because they're like oh well why do you your friends have to be queer you know especially on like tiktok of the straights get going in my comments and they're like well if you're accepting of everyone then why were you telling people to get queer friends it's because they can understand you on a different level yeah it's it's different we like specifically talked about this in our straight friends episode like i have straight friends that i love and adore Mm -hmm. Like, to the moon and back, and I'm very close with and relate to, Mm -hmm. but there is that, uh, there's almost an ease and a quickness (laughs) to a friendship with a queer person in a slight way um, that you don't have to almost explain all the subtleties and explain all the, like, microaggressions that you've had and all these little layers, you know, it's like immediately that part is already out of the way. Yes. For the most part. Obviously, not every queer person has the same lived experience. I'm not trying to say that. But for the most part, you know, that's already out of the way. You have, like, the groundwork. (laughs) Yeah. And I have, like, very close straight friends, and it's just different. Yeah, it's just different. And I think the friendships necessarily aren't that different. Yeah. But I think how we became friends Mm -hmm. is different, and also, like, the timing was different. Yeah. You know, like, it took, it takes me, still to this day, longer to, like, trust and warm up to straight people. And maybe that's, (laughs) maybe that's an issue in myself, absolutely. But, you know, like, Uh it's almost like I have a a wall up that I need you to prove that you (laughs) accept me, that you will love me for me, all these things, you know? Well, there is a genuine, like, fear and, on the other flip side, bravery with meeting a new straight person we've talked about before. Like, you know, meeting a new straight friend, whether it's at work or in your personal life, because you have to have that moment where you come out and you have to have that moment where you're, like, second-guessing 
like, are they going to be okay with that? Is that going to change your opinion with me? Whereas when you meet new queer people, that is gone yeah. to a certain extent. Obviously, yeah, they're going to hate you for you, which yeah. I feel is really beautiful. Honestly, authentic hate. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Just true, deep personality There's hatred. so much to hate about me <laughs> Besides that I feel that like guy. just choose yeah. anyone but me being gay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Like, there's a plethora of things on the list. Like, just throw a dart at it. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, so going back to why I think it's so important for queer people, especially young queer people, to start developing, like, a network of friends, a support system. I think it's important to talk about that because I think there is so much put on and romanticized and talked about about finding your first partner that is true to your sexuality um, and represents your sexuality. Because really, when we're talking about our sexuality, we're talking about who we want to be with, right? So you come out as lesbian, let's say. I come out as lesbian. And there's so much pressure on me finding a girlfriend because that is the... Uh, physical representation of who I am. And right? it's also, we've talked about it, it's that weird way of being able to put a card down on the table to prove exactly. there's so much all pressure. the haters wrong. Yeah, there's yeah. so much pressure with it. Look, I'm a real lesbian. <laughs> yes, I have a girlfriend. Who, who is a lesbian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I am a lesbian. <laughs> exactly, there's that weird pressure because people feel like they need like some sort of sexual resume or relationship history to validate it and i understand where those fears come from because trust me i've had those questions of oh well have you even hooked up with a girl how do you know like blah blah list goes on i feel like there's so much like i haven't and it's because i'm horny (laughs) pretty simple horny for chicks (laughs) so it's very like clear to me why that pressure and that um like drive to find that right away is as soon as you kind of figure out who you are But to anyone listening, I would advise you to put more effort into finding queer friends than finding your first relationship or your first hookup. Because I think so many people are so focused on that that they lose any focus of trying to, like, build a network of, like, people that they can trust and will support them. Because at the end of the day most of the time you're going to have at least a few relationships, Yeah. right? Obviously there's those rare occurrences where the first person you date ends up being the one. I get it. But a lot of times it, there's going to be ups and downs. You're going to hook up with different people. You're going to date different people. You're going to go through breakups and the people that are going to be around to support you through and through are your friends. And I wish when I was younger, I put more focus on that because I feel like I was so focused, and I think this happens to a lot of queer people, especially when you have your first relationship. It's like, oh my god, now we're just going to hang out with each other 24-7. Yeah. Like, this is my person. This is also my best friend. And, like, I fell into that trap a lot of times in my young relationships where it was like, okay, now I'm dating this girl. I'm going to literally hang out with her 24-7. I'm not going to talk to anyone else, and all we're going to do is literally hold each other and stare into each other's eyes and make out. Like. Yeah. And that's all you want to do because you're so excited to finally all this bottled up sexuality of like who you are. You're like, I'm doing it. I'm I'm, I'm in doing it. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in it. I'm really living out the dream that I suppressed for so long. So I get it. But I think that there needs to be a more balanced effort in creating a chosen family and a support system of friends. Yeah. Um, because really, like now I'm like. I value that so much because there's so many times in my younger relationships where I needed that support system. And if I had gone through those breakups without having queer friends to like hold me up and support me through it, I feel like 
at the time, I'm not putting this on my straight friends at all, but I was not even comfortable enough in my own sexuality to talk to straight friends about that yeah. because of my internalized homophobia. And I was like, it's still weird for me to be even explaining how I'm feeling about this girl and this breakup with the non-queer friends around me. Yeah. So I needed those queer friends because of my own fears. Absolutely. And that's carried on in my life. Like, I feel like I have a great group of queer friends that c- continues to grow. And it's so important to me um, that I really consider a lot of them as family. And like, you know, if Julia and I had kids, like they would be aunts and uncles. Like that's my perspective of a lot of my really close friends. And I just think that there needs to be more weight on that. That's my two cents. Yeah, I will counter that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in one slight sense. Okay. Is that I do think it is important to mention that chosen family can include anybody, though. Mm-hmm. There are tons of allies, straight 100%. people, like all these people in your life. If if they give mm-hmm. you comfort and safety and mm-hmm. security and joy mm-hmm. and all those things like absolutely they're chosen family oh yeah like i just not saying that you were saying that no, they're not totally. but i do think it is important to i think that at the end of the day anyone who makes you feel like you can just be 100 percent you yeah and respects that is chosen family yeah like as a queer person that's so valuable to just be able to be you with no fear and feel safe and also feel like that person is going to have your back to people that potentially aren't going to make you feel safe or aren't going to respect you. Yeah. Like one of mine, the standouts like been my best friend for ages is Alex and she is straight and she's always had my back. Yeah, exactly. And she's proven to me time and time again that she is nothing short of chosen family. So yeah. And I think it's important to talk about because even as um, two people that are very privileged in the sense that we have very accepting families, we've also found it important to have those chosen family people in our lives yeah and i can see why it would be even more important for people that don't get that acceptance from their blood family oh, obviously i also will building off your point about you know people romanticizing the fact that the first queer person mm. you meet when you're first out should be your partner yeah i we've talked about this as well before mm. like we do everything in this podcast yeah. catch myself say that a lot this episode yeah. <laughs> i guess that's what happens when you have 90 something episodes <laughs> family part eight yeah honestly <laughs> Um, that I think it is also, and I, I know that I'm a very specific person that mm-hmm. I can say this, and I know that you are the opposite of this kind of specific person, okay. so we'll balance this out. Mm-hmm. But I do think that for me, I, and some people give me flack for this, yeah. but I have kind of also normalized if I date somebody and realize that they are not somebody that I picture as an ideal partner. Right. I, like, a lot of people are like, how are you still friends with, like, some of your exes? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I enjoyed my time with them. I, like, value them as a person. And Mm -hmm. unless they, like, fucked me over, I'm like, you can still be my chosen family. Like, I have really good friends that I've dated. And Must be nice to have some past healthy relationships. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I know that I come from, like, a pretty specific place. A lot of these haven't ended in, like, heartache or hardship or something. But um, I do think that, you know, it Mm -hmm. piggybacks off your point that when you're meeting these people, it's also, you can take a step back and be like, maybe you're not my partner. Maybe that's not your role in my life. And that's okay. Totally. You know? Totally. I think it's important to like, be able to see somebody and be like, you know what? Maybe we're better off as friends. I know that you can support me in my Mm -hmm. life and we can support each other and we can enrich our lives together without fucking. (laughs) Me and, um, 
me and one of my close friends, a friend of Sean's as well, always joke about the fact that when we first met, we like hung out a few times and it was like very clear to either both of us. But at the time we never said it to each other. Like we're either going to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to like date at this point because we had been to like dinner twice. We had been out once together to a club where we like made out and did some stuff. And then I was going over to her house for like it was like the fourth time we would have been hanging out. And sex, sex territory. For yeah. Sure. So I'm going over. She's like, do you want to come over? We'll like order pizza, you know, like, OK, here we go. And literally went over and it was one of those things that like you can just feel it in the room. Right. It's like we're either going to fuck and we're doing this because also at this point, it's not a one night stand. No. Like at this point, it's like we've been to dinner. We've been out. We've been texting like yeah. Yeah, whatever. And I think a lot of queer people can relate that moment where you're like trying to both figure it out. Like do we want to do that? And then it's forever going to be that. Or do we want to like stop it here and be good friends? Cause we clearly really like each other as friends. Like, and, do we want to Netflix and chill or do we want to Netflix and chill? You yeah, know? yeah like, <laughs> exactly. Like, is it nice where it is? Yeah. And it was that moment of both of us kind of stepping back at this point, we were not communicating this to each other and both kind of like, I remember sitting there at her apartment and both of us just kind of like, it was like, is this going to happen? Is this not? And then we just, I forget who's, I think it was me who said it first. I was like, in my mind, kind of like, I think we should just keep it as friends. Because like, I really could see this girl being a cool friend of mine. And I don't know if it's 100% there for it to last like a long time in a relationship. Yeah. So I don't want to like do like a half-ass relationship and then lose a potentially really cool friend. And um, I was just like, so okay. fucked. No. <laughs> so I fucked her. And then. And now no. we're great friends. <laughs> no, I remember sitting there and being like, I know I'll bring up another girl because then it's like clearly putting it like bro zone. Right. So I was like, oh, like she says, I was like, oh, how was your week? And I was like, oh, well, there's this girl I've been talking to, like whatever. And immediately she was like, oh, yeah, I was talking to this girl the other day too, and blah, blah. And then both of us just like totally confide each other's friends. Like nothing happened. Just and like since that. then, like never hooked up again. Like, still friends with her six, seven years later. Yeah. So it's crazy to think like if those choices, right? Cause we've talked about before on this episode, like how to figure out if someone's a friend or not. And like those moments of figuring that out and it's totally okay to, and it is hard, right? Because here I'm looking at this person. I'm, I'm going to tell her to listen to this episode now. Cause I'm just like, she'll love this. Like if you know, if you this? know her, she'll love this. You don't know who I'm talking about. No. This one? Oh my god. The one who I over the pants. Oh, the... okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what I assume. Yeah. But I thought, well, last episode we never <laughs> Okay. People just... already know her fucking name if they listen to the last that's episode. That's so Go back and do some digging. Yeah. I just love how like if you know her, she'll love that I'm talking about her this much. Uh, <laughs> um Hey girl, hey. But yeah, so I just what the fuck is he saying? Oh yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to really make her day here. It's one of those things that like she beautiful girl got along great, had great conversations, had a ton of fun when we were out, like laughing and stuff like that. So I think a lot of times because the pool of dating is smaller and because like there's that instinct when you're a queer person like I found another queer person. Got to lock him down before someone else snags yeah, him. <laughs> who's single, attractive, I laugh with, I whatever with. DTF. It's like okay, perfect. We're going to be in a relationship. Yeah. But you have to take that step back and be like, am I just doing it cuz it seems like Oh, found one ideal, or is this someone that I actually want to date? Yeah. Or is it just that I'm connecting with them as a friend? Yeah. And 
uh, I think a lot of people would have a lot more uh, gay friends if they took that moment to question that with right. themselves. Should I fuck them? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, but we'll talk about friends in the morning. <laughs> Honestly, like ninety percent of the time, I made that mistake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this one happened to work out, so there you go. I remember hearing Chosen Family as a young queer person. And in all honesty, like, thinking it kind of was stupid. Yeah. Um, And I think that that absolutely comes from the fact that I was like, why would I choose a family? Which is, like, just the privilege mm-hmm. that I have yeah. in in having a close family. Yeah. Um, but I also thought it was stupid because I was like, well, what? I'm going to, like, just, like, think about who I'm gathering as my chosen family, right. you know? Yeah. Like, I'm going to, like, put out, like, this is my, this is my <laughs> chosen them. mom. Like, <laughs> I just didn't really understand all of, that was, like, when I was, like, 14. Yeah. I just didn't really understand what it meant. Totally. Until, and I think this was, like, a big moment for me, um, until I realized that um, th- I have so many friends in my life, most of them queer, that if something was to go wrong or if I needed something, I would call my parents. And then if that call was declined, I would call these people. Yes. And I think that like, I think that without knowing, because I was too stupid to understand Mm -hmm. what (laughs) chosen family was, um, I, I have created that. And I, I do think one of the issues though, is that like, that was kind of hard for me to accept Mm -hmm. And once again, we talked about this in loss, um, is that you are choosing a chosen family or you're creating a chosen family, but some people might not choose to put you in theirs. Yeah, you know? that's true. And I think that's something that, like, I've had to accept and, like, learn as an adult mm-hmm. that, like, that's okay. Sometimes yeah. I'm not that person for those people. Yeah. And that doesn't, that's not to say that I've been a terrible friend to them, you know? No. Yeah. Like, sometimes people are just like, we're not going to be that close. Yeah. We're not good. We're not those kind of friends. Yes. And I'm like, sick. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Which is like me to you. I'm yeah. Like, we're not that close. And I'm like, well, <laughs> let's get to 100 episodes. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll discuss. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can finger me over my pants. <laughs> really bring us as, back together. As I do to all of yeah. my friends. Oh my fucking God. Yeah, no, I think that this was an important topic to talk about and I do agree with you. I think that like the, a one, unfortunately a lot of people don't see families this way if they're homophobic. Like they like toss their kid out like it's nothing um that's a whole other fucking topic um but i do tossing your kid out part one yeah (laughs) (laughs) i do think that blood families there's this certain association that they're more absolute yeah because like you have to try and work through it like it is your family and i'm not saying i necessarily agree with that but yeah before you i can tell that you're wrapping this shit up and i before you wrap it up i do think you are touching on an important thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) in relation to blood family okay it is okay yes okay more than okay yeah absolutely if you do not get along with family mm-hmm. members, or they're toxic, or in your life. to cut them out Absolutely. for your own physical and mental health, Absolutely. I have people in my family that I am not super close with, and it's not like I they haven't been homophobic or violent yeah. or anything to me, but I have people that I wouldn't invite to my wedding. No, yeah, you know, same. and like that's just okay. Yeah. Like I know that that person isn't adding value to my life. I'm mm-hmm. not adding any fucking value to theirs either. <laughs> Um, and that's okay. And I think that that's a really hard pill to swallow because like you're saying, Mm -hmm. you grow up with this idea that family is absolute, that blood is thicker than water. This is what you're getting. These are your people people. and they are your people, but you still have some say in it. 
absolutely. <laughs> you know? And you, bottom line, do not have to have anyone in your life unless they're bringing value. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they're blood, chosen, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think that's a nice way to sum it up. Thank you. I really love that. Um, I was like, wait, 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 you can still fucking hate your aunt, don't worry. <laughs> that, that was needed. I do, yeah. I do appreciate that. Wherever you're listening, make sure to subscribe or follow. It really helps us out. Also, follow us on social media at I Can Explain Podcast on Instagram and personally at Sean.Lusk and at Brianne Williamson. And until next time, we will see, see you around, around the, the game. Mama Hood. <laughs> <laughs> the Mama Hood.